sea bold and took an axe, gave her father forty wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty one. Hi there! Welcome back to part three of the infamous Lizzie Borden case. This is part of my spooky October kind of thing.、Um, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast, welcome. Please check out our other episodes and subscribe if you'd like. I hope you cannot hear that because there's construction going on in front of our house and it's very loud on a Sunday. So. There it goes. Without further ado, let's just go ahead and get started. So, in this episode, we're gonna cover some of the theories regarding what could have really happened in the Lizzie Borden case. Starting off with theory number one, is that Lizzie killed her father and Abby Borden, her stepmom, because she was angry that her father made them live frugally. Remember that Andrew bought Abby's sister a home, and she disliked Abby Borden most of her life. I think that's a good theory to prove that she did it. I do think that Lizzie Borden was involved. There's a lot of knocking in the background, so let's just use that as、um, part of the ambiance. It's the house in front. Okay, so. I do think she was involved. Either she did it herself, or she received help from the maid, or she hired some someone to do the killing and help them escape, and obviously help them get around the house and all that stuff. But I mean, Lizzie wanted a better life, and like we said in last episode, there was no way this could have happened without Andrew and Abby Borden being dead. Lizzie was a spinster. She was thirty-two, living with her father. It looked like she was not going to get married.、Um, there has been no information about any potential suitors, which I'll go into it later as well.、Um, so, a woman of that age, a single woman, had to live in their parents' home and her father's home forever, unless she got married, or obviously until her parents passed away, and then she would, I guess, inherit. Whatever was left to them, and they could live alone then. And this is what happened eventually. Lizzie Borden ended up inheriting Andrew's wealth as long along with her sister Emma Borden, and they ended ended up living in the neighborhood they wanted in the hill. They bought a home after they died, and they got what they wanted. Just that noise is crazy. Okay, so I think this was probably one of the theories. Another theory is that Lizzie Borden was abused by her father, and this came up in I guess it surged in the nineties or maybe early two thousands, and people have used. The following to support this theory that she was a victim of sexual abuse and she's had it, she had enough and she killed Andrew and Abby in retaliation because she was a victim. Okay, if this is a like if this is theory, the abuse theory, why weren't Emma and Lizzie married? Again, at the time of their father's death, Lizzie was in her thirties, which was not common for women her age at that time, apparently. Um, Lizzie and Emma would have been great partners. I think that how 
I'm quite shocked why they did not have a suitor. They came from decent wealth. They had a good good family name. So why wouldn't any like a man want to marry them, even if they were horrible when it came to personality wise or whatever? Because at that time, obviously, society was different. Even now, money talks. So that's strange to me. But apparently. Um, people have done research and have stated that a lot of women in that area around Lizzie and Emma's age were single forever, that they, it was not uncommon. So that's kind of, that's new to me in, in that sense. But could it, could it have been that Andrew was very possessive? If this sexual abuse thing is indeed true, could it be that he kind of chased away any potential suitors for his daughters because he wanted them in a sense all to himself um and does that mean that andrew also abused emma or just lizzie hmm i think it is a possibility i think it's a possibility that Maybe they were victims of sexual abuse. Maybe he only was abusive towards Lizzie. I've heard a lot of accounts that people think it was only Lizzie. But could it have been that, that they were not married in order to keep them for himself, I guess? And what about his wife, Abby Borden? If she knew of this abuse, this theory also supports or wants to project the fact that Abby Borden knew of this abuse and did not do anything about it and kind of turned the other way. And this led to incredible, obviously, tension and trauma amongst Lizzie. And who knows about Emma? They don't include her. Um, and that could have led to the murder. An interesting or peculiar thing was that Andrew Borden wore a ring on his left hand that Lizzie gave him. He did not wear a wedding ring. So this has also been used by like um, theorists, if that's even a thing, to kind of put as a support for this sex abuse thing. Which is a little strange. Like, why would he not wear a wedding ring for his wife? I mean, I don't think it was a marriage. The marriage between Andrew and Abby was one of love or anything like that. I do think it was more of an opportunity and um, a business ordeal of sorts. And which is nothing necessarily wrong with it. But uh, that is peculiar that he wore something. Of, he didn't wear a wedding ring per se. And it is said that he wore Lizzie's ring on his wedding finger. When it comes to Abby potentially knowing of this abuse, if we go with this theory, okay, what if she did know about it? But what could she really have done regarding the abuse? She was a woman. Women didn't have much of a voice per se. I mean, she was at the mercy really of, her horrible stepdaughters and of her husband and what was she gonna do speak out against him file charges were people really gonna believe a woman over you know her, her husband um and he's wealthy and powerful like 
realistically, she didn't really have much say. So if I'm, I'm not entirely convinced, I don't really believe that this was a case that they were victims of sexual abuse. It is an interesting and peculiar theory that I had not heard of until I researched this case. But I do think if this was it, Abby, there was nothing she could have done. She was just another woman, you know, like who was going to believe her? Who was, what was she could have, what was she going to do? So this theory came out in the 1990s that she murdered her father and stepmother after years of sexual abuse. This theory relied on the fact that their bedrooms were also connected by a door, um, the intensity of their relationship, and the detail that instead of a wedding ring, Andrew wore a gold ring given to him by Lizzie. And that's the thing. This house is strange in the sense that it does not have any hallways or foyers or anything like that that separates rooms. Every room in this house is peculiarly connected to each other. So you, for example, to get from the front door, let's say random example, to the kitchen, you would have to go through room, 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 room. There's no hallways or anything. So this is not the exact layout, but a random example, to get to the kitchen, I would have to go obviously into the living room and then to maybe like the library and then directly into the a bedroom and then directly into the kitchen. You know what I mean? There was no spaces. And I think I read somewhere that this house before Andrew purchased it was a like a apartment building of sorts or either like a duplex and that's why it's layout it was it's the way it was so I don't know I don't think the the bedrooms being connected is not is that much is an indicator of abuse um does it facilitate it I'm I guess in a way it could but I mean Remember that Emma and Abby were also living in this house. And obviously that's not without saying that this could not have happened because it could have. But I think I also read somewhere that this door was blocked by like an armoire or something of that nature, like a furniture. Um, so it wasn't able to be open. I guess it had two doors, if I'm not mistaken. So... But this is an interesting tidbit, but I don't think this was the case. I don't think she was sexually abused by her father. I mean, because let's say if she was, then Emma would have not known or suspected anything. Was she abused by her father too? I mean, it is a possibility, but I don't think there's been more i don't think the evidence that there there is to support this theory is enough although the wedding ring thing is a little strange but it's strange you know i mean some people don't wear wedding rings at all so that could be a possibility on to the next theory the most I think the second most popular theory after Lizzie killing her parents because she wanted a 
out of that type of restrictive lifestyle. This one is Lizzie Borden. Was she a lesbian? There's this theory that surfaced years ago, and it has been depicted in, I think, like TV movies or documentaries and things like that of this case that states that Lizzie Borden was a lesbian and that she was probably having a love affair with the maid, Maggie. Um, they also use the fact that she was unmarried because she was a lesbian and that she committed the murders because they were discovered by either Andrew Borden or Abby Borden. And obviously, back in that time, um, this was unacceptable. Andrew Borden supposedly forced Lizzie and even probably Emma to go to church and be kind of involved with that scene. If you remember, Lizzie was a Sunday teacher at a local church in Fall River. And the people think like, well, what if, I mean, he used money over their head, hold, holding it like a dangling apple, you know, you do what I want or you're not going to get money, you're not going to get this, you're not going to get anything really and emma and lizzie being at the mercy of their father as being single women followed through so you can also look at the fact that lizzie once andrew and abby were murdered and she inherited his wealth they bought maplecroft which was the home that lizzie and emma lived in together for years but then emma bailed on her Emma, not Emma, Lizzie kind of abandoned that Christianity um, shtick uh, after that, after the murders. Um, I guess one could say, you know, something so traumatizing could change the way that she felt about spirituality. But could it could it have been that it was that that was never her, that she never liked that? part of her daily life being very involved with the church and all of that and it was forced upon her expected of her by her parents um another thing is going back to maggie probably being the lover um some people have theorized that andrew might have caught them and threatened her um from cutting her off financially or maybe even worse, maybe even sending her, well, not worse, but sending her off to maybe like a monastery or something of that nature. And this angered Liz, Lizzie Borden and led her to snap and kill her father and her mother. And in a way, the fact that Maggie was present alongside Lizzie in the house while the murders happened and neither heard anything in quotations or saw anything, if they were indeed lesbian lovers, in a way, it would fit this narrative, this this theory that they killed the Bordens together um, and covered for each other. In a way, it was a perfect crime because both of them really got away with it. Another thing that has kind of fueled the fire regarding the Lizzie being a lesbian theory was the fact that after Andrew Borden was killed um, and she moved into her home, Maplecroft, in the neighborhood, The Hill, remember, the fancy rich neighborhood, um, she became involved with the theater scene or 
I think it's called like, what was it called? I think it's theater scene in uh, Boston. So she met this woman by the name of Nance O'Neill, and she was said to have been a actress or singer of sorts and an entertainer. Lizzie would often throw these glamorous parties in Maplecroft for her friends that were from this type of scene. Apparently, Nance O'Neill traveled with Lizzie, and I think she lived or stayed with her in Maplecroft for a while. Either, either it was Neil or it was another woman who was said to be Lizzie's really good friend. But I think there were two people. It was Nance O'Neill, I think she was the singer-actress, and then some other woman that I saw in a documentary about, whose name escapes me, of course, I didn't uh, notate that. But this kind of gave fuel the fire when it came to Lizzie being a lesbian and, late, and maybe that being a reason why she killed her parents. And remember that I told you that Sarah Borden lived with Lizzie in Maplecroft for years? Well, in the 1920s? Might, no, I think it might have been earlier. Well, after living together for years in Maplecroft, after the murders happened, they got into a fight, a fight that destroyed the relationship entirely, and Emma moved out of Maplecroft, and they never spoke again, not even before they passed away. And this was, it's kind of shocking, because it has made everybody think, like, what happened between Lizzie and Emma that caused them to be done with each other. If you remember, they were very close all throughout their lives. Emma was 12 years older than Lizzie and kind of took on that maternal figure. And it is it seems like Emma's view of Abby Borden as her stepmother kind of influenced Lizzie's view and their both of their disliked this dislike for Abby. So what happened? What could have broken a bond, a sister bond forever? And there, I think the most popular theory when it came to that breakup between Lizzie and her sister Emma was the fact that they say Emma was tired of Lizzie's glamorous parties at Maplecroft and that after one of the big parties that I think she threw for her friend Nance O'Neill, um, Emma had enough and she moved out. But I mean, I I can see being annoyed of of your sister's spending or whatnot but would that really be enough for you to just be done with your sister forever or or could it have been that emma discovered something more sinister so what caused lizzie and emma to fall out in later life in 1905, to be specific, they were done with each other. Lizzie, like I said, traveled to New York and even Boston to go to the theater and became very close to some of the actors and singers, especially Nance O'Neill. It is said that Emma disapproved of the parties. I don't know if the friendship as well between the two women that she moved out and she never spoke to her again. The Boston Sunday Herald states that this is apparently from Emma, that she stated something along the lines of, I did not go until conditions became absolutely unbearable. The sisters never reconnected. 
Was Lizzie a lesbian and Emma found out about her relationship with Nance O'Neill and that caused a break? I think personally that is a legitimate reason. Not that it's right, let me clarify, but I think that's a a good reason or significant reason that in this time and age or in this case, better said, that Emma and Lizzie's relationship completely broke apart because Emma found out that Lizzie was a lesbian. It, it was either that or the fact that she found out that Lizzie indeed, indeed killed Andrew and Abby Borden. What do you think? I think... Well, I still think that Lizzie was involved for sure in the murder of her father and stepmother. I kind of think that she was maybe into women. And I do kind of think that um, Emma maybe found out about this, realized that Lizzie and Nance were more than friends, and that was enough for her. That was it. I mean, even in now, our modern world, a lot of families unfortunately disown their children for being um, homosexual or just part of the LGBTQ, you know? So imagine back then. And Lizzie and Emma did tell the Sunday Herald that she did not leave until conditions became un unbearable. But Eve, okay, even then, Let's say, you know, this happens and let's say Emma did indeed move out of Maplecroft because to her unbearable work was the fact that Lizzie would throw these parties and was too much and she didn't like that. Okay. But you would think they would make up eventually. I mean, I feel like even if this were to happen in, in the real world, well, it is the real world, but let's say like with any other sibling in that day and age, or even in this day and age, the likelihood is that they will eventually make up, you know, even though they, one of them moves out because they're, they disagree with how the other one lives and doesn't like it and it, it bothers them. But I feel like they'll eventually kind of get over it, you know, and they never did. So I feel like this theory that Lizzie, Lizzie Borden being a lesbian is quite valid in a way i do think that maybe that was the case because we fought we found a lot of information here and there that kind of alludes to that and in a way it kind of fits everything fits even if lizzie let's say was innocent of her parents murder which i don't think she was and maybe with that said i still think that she was probably a lesbian another theory this one is probably a little more out there but could it have been that Lizzie was suffering from hysteria at the time of the murders hysteria has the following symptoms it includes anxiety shortness of breath fainting nervousness sexual desire insomnia fluid retention heaviness in the abdomen lack of appetite for sex or food and during this time and even beforehand a lot of women who were either 
single or spinsters or whatnot, unmarried, let's say, were often accused of having hysteria. It became so, in quotation, prevalent that they would often visit doctors and doctors during this these times would often masturbate women in order to relieve their symptoms. Women were placed in insane asylums um, throughout history because of their quote-unquote hysteria. And let me say, let me clarify that I do not think that hysteria necessarily indicates that it causes people to kill. I'm not, but it's a possibility. Why not? Throw it in the mix. You know, the tension in this household, like I said, it could have been absolutely unbearable. There was so much anger and animosity between Emma and Abby and Lizzie and their situation and the fact that, you know, they were basically at the mercy of their parents financially and whatnot. You know, they were never going to be able to live the life they wanted um, until they were gone or unless they lived on their own. And obviously they were not going to marry. They were unmarried. So what if all of it just collided and it was just too much? And while we don't have any concrete information that Lizzie suffered any of these exact hysteria symptoms, but I mean, the body and the mind are so, and the hormones are just so complex, and maybe it was a possibility. Another thing that I wanted to add, what about if Lizzie had premenstrual dysphoric disorder, also known as PMDD? PMDD is a health problem that is very similar to premenstrual syndrome, which is PMS, before a woman um, has her menstrual cycle, but it is more serious. PMDD causes severe irritability, depression, or anxiety in the week or two before your period starts, and the symptoms usually go away two or three days after your period starts. Remember that Lizzie Borden was said to be menstruating during this time, verified by her doctor, and verified, well, not really verified by, by her doctor it was, but remember the bug, the pail of blood in the basement with rags that Lizzie said it was menstrual blood. I kind of suggested that maybe it was, it could have been either menstrual blood or maybe it was blood from the murder, you know, the murder scene that she mixed together and just threw them in there. The doctors never um, fully checked that pail of blood and rags and neither did the police because they just didn't want to get involved in it. And I'm not saying, once again, that premenstrual dysphoric disorder necessarily leads, causes a person to commit murder. And I'm putting this in there because I have premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which means, like, I just um, kind of read these uh, meaning of it. It means that a week or two before my period, I it's more than PMS. It's severe. For me, it's um, depression and anxiety. Severe. It's strange. And it's been for years. Um, I think now, finally, it's lessened. But this is something that is kind of common in women and some women. So 
it's just more than PMS. And some people, when they have PMDD, it could lead to severe mood swings. It could lead to suicidal thoughts. It does not obviously, let me clarify once again, I don't think hysteria or PMDD necessarily means that they want to kill someone. I That's not the case for me, and it's not a common known symptom. But what if it all collided? What if it all just was too much for her and it was all part of it? And once again, during the time of the murders, Lizzie was said to have been um, menstruating. So could it have been that that was in addition to just the never-ending animosity and tension in that house with Lizzie and her situation? And I actually found this in a website. Well, it's actually, I think this is, yeah, I think it's a website called A Cultural History of Menstruation. So credit to them. It says the following. Lizzie, according to, wait, actually, this is a book, I think. Yes, sorry. Clarification. This is a book, A Cultural History of Menstruation. And this is what the author said about Lizzie Borden. It says, um, <coughs> sorry. The author state that Lizzie Borden was not an ordinary menstruator. Um, she had always been noted for peculiar spells coinciding with her monthly cycle with her period. Spells identified by the authors as epilepsy of the temporal lobe or psycho psychomotor epilepsy. Based on this information, the authors of the book The Curse conclude that the murder of Andrew Borden and his wife resulted from a fatal accident of their daughter's biology when her period coincided with an epileptic, epileptic sorry, attack from book, A Cultural History of Menstruation. So this theory has actually been explored and not necessarily, necessarily the PMDD and hysteria, but the menstruation cycle coinciding with other things that just led her to kill her snap. And I found an interesting case of a woman by the name of Mary Harris. This is unrelated to Lizzie Borden, but it involves female menstruation, murder, etc. Mary Harris was from Iowa, and in the summer of 1865, she traveled to Washington and shot a this is a weird name, Adoniram Burgess Burroughs. Yes twice in the back the prosecution tied her actions to her menstrual cycle so this has happened before and it reads regarding this particular case that the evidence responsible for this verdict came from the testimony of six physicians who gave evidence at harris's trial of the defendant's history of dysmenorrhea or painful menstruation and its possible effects on her mental state Harris's evidence showed that she had been on her period at that time of the murder and for many years prior had been seeing Dr. Calvin M. Fitch in Chicago to address the undue pain she experienced during her time of the month. Testifying to this fact in Washington, Dr. Fitch added that the uterine irritability is one of the most frequent causes of insanity, including what he called paroxysmal, I'm going to butcher, the, butcher these medical terms, I'm sorry, paroxysmal or temporary insanity. One after another, Dr. Charles H. Nichols, Dr. John Frederick May, Dr. 
Thomas Miller, Dr. William P. Johnston, Dr. Flodoardo Howard, and prison physician Dr. Noble Young agreed that Fitch's testimony, irritation of the uterus, particularly in combination with significant emotional distress, was sufficient to produce temporary insanity, which would render the surrender sufferer, I'm sorry, blameless for her actions. Evidently, the squeamishness that would not admit the bloody evidence at Lizzie Borden's trial did not trouble the war-torn nation in 1865, and Mary Harris walked free because of this, these doctors' testimony that she basically suffered from temporary insanity and killed or shot her, I think he was a lover, an ex-lover, um, because she, of her period. It wasn't PMDD, or it wasn't hysteria, but it involved her monthly cycle, which I found to be very peculiar, and I think there should be that should be looked into a little bit more. But what do you think about all of this? But Lizzie... To conclude this episode, Lizzie died at the age of 66 of pneumonia. And her older sister, Emma, died, I think she died 12, nine days later. And they never spoke again. I do think that... Lizzie was guilty. I do think that she got away because she was a woman and because she was a woman of a wealthy family. Um, I do think that she probably directly killed Andrew and Abby Borden. If not, she had help, either from Maggie or from just a stranger who she helped escape. But then again, wouldn't you think that maybe someone in the neighborhood saw a man or a woman running away or in a hurry or a stranger walking in their area right after or when this happened, the murders? Nothing came out of that at all. So... I don't think anyone entered that house or left that house that was not familiar with it. To be specific, Lizzie Borden died on June 1st, 1927, and her sister Emma Borden died June 10th, 1927. Emma Borden left Lizzie's house, Maplecroft, in 1904. So from 1904 to 1927, the sisters never spoke again after that alleged party dispute, which I also think is something different. I do think, I lean more to the fact that Lizzie was guilty and she was probably a lesbian. And Emma Borden found out that she was a lesbian and that ended the relationship. Some people think that she found out that she killed the parents which could be a possibility, but I think that Lizzie took that to her grave. I don't excuse her actions if she was indeed guilty, but I think it all just culminated. And it was just, 
shit hit the fan, like they say. Um, what do you think about this? Please let us know. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at EnigmaPod. Wait, EnigmaZPod. I think that's our handle. Um, that's our only social media page. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, please do so. Five stars would be amazing or four stars. Um, check out our other episodes. Hopefully I can come back with another different episode next week. Um, if there are any future updates or maybe we want to, by we, I mean, I <laughs> revisit this case in the future, I will go ahead and make another episode. Please let us know what you think. I mean, constructive criticism is always welcomed. Um, but to end this infamous murder case, this was, it was, it's a, it's a big case and it's never been solved. I think it was just a, she got lucky. I think, I think it was a lot of luck that fell on Lizzie Borden and that she was never convicted. If she was, if it, but then again, if this was indeed premeditated, her killing her parents, how did she not think that she would not be a suspect? I mean, she could have relied on the fact that she was a woman and a Borden, but you know what I mean? Nothing. Could it have been that she just like had enough and just snapped? I think so. But with that said, thank you for listening to this podcast once again, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.